0: you're listening to chaos on the set a chaotic tv and film review podcast our usual crew is here with you today
1: i'm Shruti. i'm mike
0: i'm kate but we also have a very special guest joining us today my friend and co-worker monica monica <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast
2: hey yeah thanks for having me excited to be here
0: We asked Monica to come on because this week we are covering a Disney animated hit. We actually called an Audible this week because it's been such a hit on TikTok. Kate was like, should we discuss Encanto because everyone is talking about it all over the place? And I was like, yeah, and we should also have my coworker Monica on the podcast because she works in animation and has really smart opinions on the movies. So just to get things started, Monica, I'd love to know what you thought about the movie.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was a very nice introduction. I think the real reason I'm here is because I would not shut up to you about (laughs) how much I adore this movie. Um, But yeah, I mean, I mean, top line thoughts. I think it went to a place that Disney movies usually don't, uh, which I can't wait to dig into with you guys. Um, But yeah, it, it did everything a kid's movie should do in a unique way.
0: Didn't have a villain. We can get more exactly into that. <laughs> uh, Mike and Kate. What y'all think? I Go loved ahead, it. Kate. I mean, <laughs> I didn't. I watched it after seeing. Okay, guys. Like my brain is a mush. I'm on TikTok all the time. It's fine. And I kept seeing um, like we don't talk about Bruno clips everywhere on TikTok, and I was like, what is this movie? Because I just was not following like Disney's releases closely lately. So I was like, what is Encanto? um watched it just thinking like it just had good music um <laughs> i would say the strong point of the movie isn't even the music i thought the plot was just really brilliant the characterization was amazing and i just liked that it was literally just a film about a family it didn't have to get any more complicated than that i mean the magic we can discuss like how does the magic really work and, and the what are kind of, of lighting candles yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i just thought um It's a big win for Disney uh, and I think they're pivoting really far away from um, the traditional kind of love stories they used to do in like the 80s and the 90s and I like that they're focusing more on family because we kind of saw that with I guess Frozen was like about sisterly love but now this one is about like generational love and I thought it was really good.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I enjoyed it um, particularly for the story. I wasn't like hugely moved by it or um (gasps) i I thought it i thought it was a very it was a very sweet story but i wasn't like wholly engaged and i think part of the reason why is i'm just not typically a fan of storytelling through song Mm. um i do like i do like musicals here and is
0: your least favorite genre right
1: not least favorite but the 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 hits for me in musicals are very big but there's also like like big like singing in the rain (laughs) um Uh. but but there's misses as well and um yeah so i i just typically like that doesn't do anything for me but i thought the story was very nice i thought the animation was beautiful um all in all, a very, very solid uh, animated film from Disney.
0: I'm, I'm glad you're kind of more sour on it, Mike, because I thought I would be alone. And I, I honestly was scared because I feel like everyone is so obsessed with the movie that, like, I feel bad not loving it. And le- let me say, listen, I still cried. The movie still got me there, so <laughs>
1: yeah. um, I'm not – It did not get me there.
0: <laughs> wow. But mm. I I feel like my main issue with the movie is that – it it never felt like there was an overarching purpose it was really just you have to go to point a to learn about like point b and then you have to get these glass shards and then you have to put them together and then you need to find bruno and then bruno has to have another vision and then you have to hug your sister but wait no it's not hugging your you know what i mean like it was always just these short term goals and there was never like a long thing to latch what?
1: onto
0: <laughs> Well, isn't the long thing to latch onto the fact that the house is dying and she, like, the magic is dying and she knows there's like a ticking clock?
1: Yeah, okay, the but candle. Just, like, how
0: do I fix okay, it? Okay, so the ticking yeah. clock is the candle and then the candle goes out and the magic is lost and then they rebuild the house and the magic is back. Can somebody explain the rules of the world to me, please? <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of <laughs> subtextual digging you have to do with this one, which I didn't mind. Um, but I can see why there's like a lot of fan theories out there because they left it pretty open ended. I guess at the end of the day, Mirabelle was the magic. Like her gift is herself, and she doesn't. But does like, that mean if Mirabelle whole... dies, the magic dies? Um, I'm not <laughs> no, trying to be dark. Ma- I'm mag- just trying to interpret. No, because
1: because the magic was around before Mirabelle. I think the the overall message and i'm not going to word this very well but that the magic is sort of beyond this tangible thing right where it comes from within like the, the magic wasn't in any object the magic isn't mm-hmm. actually like in the candle the candle went out it was after they rebuilt the house and they were reforged as a family and they involved their community in Mirabelle got her her moment that the magic was sort of reborn so i feel like it's this sort of enlightened higher power as opposed to being in an, in an inanimate object yeah. like a candle
0: okay hmm. <laughs> the magic is like the, the magic like
1: yeah because it, it the magic first came out of uh, a sacrifice That yeah, I mean, just like a very, um, essentially a life-changing experience, right? Which I think, you know, happens several times throughout the film. So I feel like it's, it's bigger, I guess. Well, you
0: guys are gonna think I'm so cliche to say this because this is such like a Disney thing, but like the magic is love, and it was created from Pedro's love of his family, and then abuela was so focused on keeping that this like perfect family that she kind of lost sense of the love and was putting these crazy expectations on all these people and making them miserable and then they had to find the love again to i actually i really Mm -hmm. actually like that interpretation i buy that (laughs) better than And, and like isn't that so disney to be like what's the magic love and i feel like that's such a like, it's such a simple but um, hugely popular trope in so much media. Like, I literally just saw Cursed Child a few days ago on Broadway, and it's you like, did? like how- Oh, I did. Yeah, I won the lottery. That well, was really fun. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, you know, that whole premise is like, How does Lily save Harry? With love. That's how <laughs> you beat Baltimore. So, you know, like, it's everywhere. And I've always vibed with it. Like, I don't have any problems with that being. Well, I mean, that's what I think it is. They don't really ever express that, though, and I I like that they keep it open-ended in the film. Well, they actually
2: kind of made fun of that concept with, like, a quick one line uh, near the beginning of the film when uh, Mirabelle's mom is healing her with food. Yeah. And and she's like, it's with my love, in this super dramatic, jokey way. (laughs) And and I thought that was a cool way to poke fun itself.
0: I do think that... For everything Mirabel has gone through, she is incredibly mentally healthy. <laughs> like if that happened to me, I would I would be so ashamed. Like, she's so <laughs> strong and happy. But wait, can I ask a clarifying question? So because she did not get a gift and she doesn't get a magical door and a magical room she has to sleep in the nursery her whole life what's up with that i thought that yeah. was so <laughs> fucked up that they kept her in the nursery and they're like yeah we can't just build another room for and you and they in don't a magic let her house. in the photo they don't let her in the family photo when they have like okay. people that married into the I, family are in the photo i don't but their daughter i the thought thing.
1: she no i thought I she purposefully said out the family photo no
0: i don't think it was either i think like she just they just like didn't realize yeah. that she wasn't in the photo they weren't like mirabelle you can't be in this like she's literally just kind of standing in the background watching and when they were like let's get a photo she could have walked up and joined the photo no one was gonna be like mirabelle no but she
1: <laughs> was watching so and
0: Tony, she's invisible be, if, if that happened yeah if, if they told her no you can't be in the picture i would have gone and like blown out the candle if i was I've, her have you seen but, those um, tiktoks <laughs> yes you said i've seen so many tiktoks of people being like if my abuela didn't let me in the family photo and it's just them blowing out a candle
1: <laughs> see but does i mean the candle's magic so can you actually blow it out not that it particularly matters but <laughs> that's a good point i don't like what happens if it's windy one day or the ant or the <laughs> ant walks true. by and there's a rainstorm like yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's the the eternal flame of the Olympics that candle. It's been going it's been going for like decades at this point.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, clearly yeah, the does. wax doesn't melt either. Like we're we're getting yeah. a little too in the weeds but then
0: here. But the wax does melt at the end. It does melt. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, but well, it's magical it's magic. wax. No, it magically melts, I think obviously the wax melting is the symbol like the symbolism of the magic is dying and the candle keeps getting shorter and shorter as the film goes on I'm not sure if you guys noticed that which I thought was pretty cool magic is
2: to be believed not to be understood
0: so was the villain of the movie the candle what (laughs) I think you're trying really hard to find a villain in this movie I just I like Ryan the Last Dragon also didn't have a villain I feel like we're getting into like Mm. Who is the villain? Well, because oftentimes maybe the person you're having problems with in your life isn't actually a villain, I mean, but in that moment you're perceiving them as a villain. I think the Abuela is a villain. She is very, very mean. Like, too mean, honestly. Well, I she's don't... the
2: antagonist. <laughs> and there. I think it's interesting because there is a difference there. And we're so used to seeing a villain in Disney movies. But to have, you know, someone who can be an antagonist without being evil was very different.
1: Yeah. I mean, she, the grandmother went through so much and like, yeah. has, and you know, I'm sure, you know, Monica can agree coming from an Italian heritage <laughs> as both of you, but like the grandmother, the grandmother is the oh central God. force of, of oh the yeah. family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there were plenty of times where <laughs> my grand my grandmother screamed at me. That's, that's what happens. Um, but I think, I, I agree, she's the antagonist without being the villain. I would say the villain gets about 10 seconds of screen time, and it's the four horsemen that just, yes. you know, yep. Wait, kickstart which... the whole thing.
0: The th- the one oh, who yeah. kill Pedro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: If you want, if you really want to assign a villain.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, I would say they're objectively the villain, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. When do you think this movie is set? Like, what time period?
1: It's timeless.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I honestly have no idea. I don't think I know enough about Colombian history to really know, but I'm just guessing. It was when like Spain in- invaded um, Latin America. That's oh. over South America. So, but so then, yeah.
1: I mean, Gee, I, I don't. I don't, I don't think I don't it's, it's not. I don't think it's modern.
0: It doesn't feel modern, but it also just feels like, I don't know, typical Disney showing a rural, rural, rural Latin America. That's a hard word, isn't I it? I'm, I just wanted mm-hmm. to point that out. I never can say that word. <laughs> but can you say philanthropy? Can you leave me alone? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was just curious. I, I like to, you know, I'm like a history nerd, and I like to know when things are set. And I was just taking a guess and being like, is it when Spain invaded? And I was, I just, that's what I'm guessing.
1: I feel like I think it's a fair point.
0: When does Luca take place?
1: I would say Luca is in like 1950s, 60s Italy, like post-war Italy.
0: Interesting. I I just asked because I was like, I really don't know when Encanto takes place. But if I'm looking at like the other animated Mm. movies of the year, like Mitchell's versus the Machines doesn't take place in time, you know, I don't think.
2: Luca's whenever the height of the Vespa was.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God.
0: Or, or it could be um, the Columbia Civil War, which was like didn't they have many, in many like civil the wars? early nineteen hundreds. Uh, did they have a lot of civil I wars? Thought. There was like a big. There was a big one like a hundred years ago. My over my lack of knowledge ago. of Colombian history is also showing now. So let's pivot off. Whoops. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> um. We kind of did a Shadecore, core, unless y'all have more to talk about. <laughs> Wait, should we not do a Boila more? Or well, or you I feel like I was the only anti one. You guys were all like, "No, she's great," and I was like, "Okay, I'll guess I'll oh, sit no, the fuck I, down." <laughs> I mean, she went through she went through a lot, but I also think like she's such a bitch. Which I agree.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's got a lot going on. She can't pay attention to everyone. All right. Well, she's and just so mean.
0: Like when she's like, "I don't understand why you didn't get a gift, but that doesn't mean you get to ruin everybody else." I was like, "Girl, calm down. That is <laughs> rude." Like, and you're talking to someone that's if they were the same age, that would be different. But you're talking to somebody that looks up to you, and you're like supposed 15. to mentor. Yeah. yeah.
2: I suppose, but in in defense of Abuela, it's not just the family. It's like the entire community depends on them and i don't know i'm not saying she treats everyone great but i think the pressure is um a lot
0: cue pressure song <laughs> yes cue
2: surface surface pressure it's pressure like a trip
0: trip trip that'll never stop whoa pressure that'll tip 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 till you just don't brush okay so we already discussed a little bit about abuela but now we want to put another character on trial for shade court you guys have heard this segment before um we want to put yes cue the law and order (laughs) sound um we want to put isabella on trial because she's been a little shady she's been so shady can we first talk about her superpower is making everything perfect so she makes flowers appear everywhere that would be really annoying. I don't I don't actually look at a room full of flowers as perfect, especially somebody with allergies. I would actually count that <laughs> yeah. a nightmare instead of perfection. Well, do you guys think she's the reason why her dad keeps getting stung by bees? Because there's just flowers everywhere, <laughs> yeah. and then the dad, like, literally can't catch a break. She's That's the real villain. <laughs> I think she is the villain. She's so mean to her. Actually, Mike, I have a question for you. Because last yeah. week... Uh, Monica have you seen the movie 27 dresses oh yes okay so last week we covered yeah, we're
1: really getting into sister drama yeah lately. Um,
0: both, <laughs> both weeks we have two sisters one of which who accuses the other of ruining their wedding and proposal and last week Mike said that Jane was wrong to tell George the truth. <laughs> I said I said the
1: they marriage. were both wrong. So okay. this
0: week are you now again taking the fiance's side and do you think Isabella do you think Mirabelle actually did her Isabella?
1: Yes, and here's why. Because Isabella basically reveals that she wasn't really into that marriage from the beginning, right? However, through that, I'm sure she was feeling a lot of pressure from Abuela. So again, you know, one strike against Abuela here. Um, (laughs) But, you know, clearly like the entire family was sort of pushing her in in this direction. So I, I understand why that getting ruined for her at that time in the present would be very upsetting to her and she would blame her sister but Uh, why
0: blame her sister i don't actually see how it's mirabelle's fault
1: well just because of the chain reaction of events that that lead up to them at that dinner essentially having such a conundrum she
2: sought out the prophecy or the the prediction no,
0: she did, but she wanted to keep it quiet. So, do we really blame Dolores then for ruining the proposal dinner? <laughs> I because she's the one that well, blabbed. <laughs>
1: you know, t- she was she was sneaking, Mirabelle, Right? She was she was being a little gollumish. Well, she was she was sneaking around and the, creating a stir.
0: They're also all willing to keep it a secret. Like Dolores is the one that causes the chain. rate. I, I I agree. Dolores is more at fault, but. At the end of the day, Isabella doesn't know that. And Isabella also doesn't know that Mirabel is directly responsible. And she just has, like, such an issue with her. Like, even when they just, like, run into her. She's like, watch where you're going. It's like, what is your problem? Like, she's... And, then, like... Yeah. yeah. Well, and even before the proposal, she's telling Mirabelle, like, during... We don't talk about Bruno. She's like, hey, sis, I want not a sound out of you. And she says it so yeah. i like She's literally an girl? ugly stepsister. Minus the ugly and step.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with you, but for me, it still feels within the realm of like normal sister relationships i mean i oh, no. used to <laughs> when i was okay <laughs> you know she's 10 years older than me and when i was a kid i just walk up to her and bite her for no reason so <laughs> i'm watching this and i'm like you know this makes sense the like, older sister's I annoyed see
0: you as a biter
2: who, who? <laughs> <laughs> well it's a 10 year gap you know i i was probably five but um I feel like the annoyed older sister. I'm just like, yep, that tracks. Yeah, I, am
1: w- I'm, I'm an older brother, and I used to torment my younger brother. When we, I used to just like, really, yeah. But older I, I brothers used to are this-
0: such bullies. Like that's, yeah, <laughs> obvious. I
1: used to like, I used to like grab him by the face and like, oh my god, Yeah, it was a big, it was a big thing, but. uh. <laughs> Going going back to the the sister drama, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not the biggest you know Disney animation historian, but I feel like it very much tracks sort of with the the setup and the dynamic of like Cinderella and the the sisters, right? The stepsisters. No,
0: because I mean that was pure evil. Those stepsisters. It was like pure, okay, vain. but like.
1: Encanto is a nicer movie. So it's like stepsister light.
0: I also, Louisa so. am is amazing. Yeah, that's the weird thing is Louisa is amazing. Dolores is great. Like and the whole like opening song is about how Mirabelle loves her family so much and they're so supportive. It's literally mm. just Isabella that has some issue with her. And I'm like, you got to calm down. I don't under- like your job. You were literally perfect. So can you just take a chill pill, please? Yeah, yeah, but she, she did mention in her song, though, like, having those expectations on her to be perfect all the time is, like, mentally exhausting. And maybe she was lashing out because she's just so tired of, like, I'm sure Mirabelle was probably constantly like, you're so perfect, Isabel. And Isabel was like, shut. You know, <laughs> like, I'm sure she's just sick of everyone telling her that. And she took it out. You know, she did what siblings do, and she kind of took it out on her younger sibling probably lisa is never around because lisa's like in town like carrying donkeys and shit all the time like so you know like who else could she bully it was mirabelle and <laughs> well also isabel could not bully lisa Luisa would not take it <laughs> lisa would just like punch her and she would <laughs> or just fly. like throw her across the, <laughs> in gondo yeah i mean that's another thing maybe she was like uh she was so and i don't i'm not excusing her behavior like you don't when you're under stress you you shouldn't take it out on other people you know but maybe she was just like I hate she's like, I hate my life right now. I'm so stressed. People think I'm perfect. I'm gonna bully my sister who has no powers. I don't know. Still guilty of shade though, right? I think so. Yeah, <laughs>
1: look, I'm not I, I'm not saying she's she's perfect. I just think in that particular circumstance I I do have sympathy for her feeling like she's being forced into that that marriage. Okay, also But besides but besides that she she is generally off. Why do they
0: need that. him to why why is that marriage so important? For um the I think generation? it just so, strengthens the community. Yeah. But, but like that marriage specifically, it like seems like it's very important that that man propose and it's like he's a nobleman or something. So, Be- I guess I mean he's probably just like in yeah, he probably comes from a good family in town. And it seems like he's been in the picture for a while before this. He's been probably courting her. Um, And yeah, they just... This sounds bad, but yeah, Boyla just wants Isabel to like start popping out some children that can now (laughs) then have magic too. And she wants to keep the bloodline going. I understand the motivation of getting grandchildren but like there's so much pressure on this like this night can't go badly because this man needs to propose and like this and like they are like hiding hiding the fact that the magic is leaving from this specific family like it felt like there was a, a something lacking I didn't understand I was like oh is it just because he's handsome that you want <laughs> Yeah, you know I, I they, want, they want hot babies well so I,
1: I would say you know my my best guess was you know I think Abuela's getting a little desperate because she can feel the magic beginning to fade and maybe by the idea of like a growing family right and adding another member even if it is by association because they talk about that several times throughout the film about um both of those men marrying into the family, marrying the two sisters, and so I feel like maybe by adding another one, and and I suppose you know the prospect of more grandchildren or, or great grandchildren, um, you know, would sort of reverse the trend of that fading magic.
0: Yeah, there's more babies to get doors, I guess, than you can get more magic. <laughs> Alrighty, well, sorry Isabella, you are guilty of shade And also, this ma- marriage is a sham
1: We don't talk about Bruno No, 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 We don't talk about Bruno So the
0: songs of this movie are all over TikTok. They're really taking off. We don't talk about Bruno. I think has reached number four on the Billboard Hot 100 and has become the first Disney song to reach number one in the United Kingdom. So it's really, really taking off. What did what did y'all think about the music in this movie? Well, I think it's I think it's what made the movie go viral for sure. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't really hear much buzz about this film before. The music started getting a lot of attention, um, and yeah, it just we don't talk about Bruno actually just passed Let It Go. Oh wow! As, yes, so it's actually I think Let more it Go successful is a better song than we going not talk about Bruno. Um, I just well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I agree. Like, I don't think, like, I think, um, Let It Go is just. Like, the contents of the song is a lot more moving than like we don't talk about this <laughs> uncle who we don't know where he went but the the performance of each of the characters in the song is what made it go viral in the first place especially um camilo the the shape-shifting cousin mm-hmm. like i've his verse is what i first saw and he has like four lines he has like yeah that barely, barely any time in that song that's
2: how i felt about dolores's verse also
0: yeah yeah her and both of their verses are the ones that were like just everywhere when i first noticed the song and it's just like the way they delivered them they were so dynamic and people like fell in love with their performances and i think that in turn made people take a closer look at the other songs which i don't even think we talk we don't talk about bruno is the best song in the movie i think surface pressure is i agree Um, surface pressure is my favorite yeah that was my favorite (laughs) I just felt in general, like, the songs didn't feel very memorable to me. Like, I wa- I watched this movie in theaters, and I walked out of that theater with not a single song. Like, I walked out of Frozen really? knowing Let It Go. You know what I mean? Or even, like, most movies, when you leave the Disney movie, there's a song, and you know what the song is going to be. And I just didn't get that from this movie.
2: Wow. Surface pressure That's... has been in my head since I saw the movie. <laughs> yeah. I...
0: The- these songs on a loop are just in my head at different times. How did it feel to y'all like it was, like... I almost felt like these songs didn't embed themselves in the movie as much as other movies. Like, I almost felt like it was cutting to a music video and then you cut back to the movie.
1: I I, I tend to agree there because, like I was saying earlier, I feel like sometimes with, with films, the song is kind of just in there to provide this... This moment of entertainment, and there is a a bit of a message behind it, but like with these songs, it really felt like they were part of telling the story. And so, you know, they—that's why I've—I agree with you. I think it sort of feels like they move on from one to the next because it's like, okay, here's a song to—it's—it's the song is almost like an exposition dump Mm -hmm. if you think about it. And then they're like, okay, first song
0: is. A, a huge exposition jump here's yeah. every single person's power <laughs>
1: and then it's like okay yeah. back back to reality and then okay here's the next song to explain this thing and then okay back to reality and then here's the next one And it's not like there's too much of a universal thing i think the only song they come back to a second time is is we don't talk about bruno right but then it has sort of a, a different uh has a different part to it or a different tempo or something like that maybe i'm making that up but i feel like they mm-hmm. they sort of reprise that song once he makes his return I don't remember that, but which i guess maybe at that point it's a different song so, but.
0: i mean it's a different song but they and so it's in the song all of you
1: mm-hmm. and it's
0: like after the house is destroyed and they're rebuilding the house and they do reintroduce bruno to the family but like camillo starts it off by going like oh there's bruno like so are we gonna talk about bruno and the bruno's like yeah let's talk about me <laughs> yeah. so they do bring it back briefly bruno's the mvp um, i think i think i i agree only halfway with you guys saying that some of the songs feel like they're just dumped well, in there and like a music video like there's are some songs the movie that i feel do move the plot forward really nicely um and that's we don't talk about Bruno obviously because there's so much information that she gathers in that movie and uh, in that song, and then by the end of it, she has the full piece together vision um, from Bruno. And then I do really like Isabelle's song. Like, so what it, else can it's I do? It's kind of yeah. It's kind of it's very like Elsa from Frozen esque, uh-huh. and I know they wanted yeah, a it. It sounds like, almost a little Adina Menzel. <laughs> yeah, but I did like it because it it did advance a lot forward in the plot too like cuz they do like hug at the end which is what they need to do for bruno's um vision and i feel like it was nice to see the sister literally go through a transformation as in like her dress got all like colored up and her hair got all colored up and she's like a you know just doesn't have to be perfect anymore um what so what worked for me for that song was maybe that it took place inside isabella's room so when all that magical stuff was happening it made sense like if um surface pressure was in Luisa's room instead of just like outside where they like cut to like them hanging off of a cliff and that's like obviously not happening but if you were in Luisa's room maybe more of the magical elements would make more sense to me and it wouldn't feel Mm -hmm. like a music video within the movie because I know, like, like I'll make a man out of you in Mulan also does things that aren't happening at the time. But it just... It, that song still feels embedded as a montage in the movie. And, and that song obviously moves the movie a- along in the beginning of the song. They're not men. And at the end, quote-unquote men, whatever.
2: Otherwise, we wouldn't have the TikTok dances, though. We had to show <laughs> Louisa doing some TikTok I w- dances.
1: I, w- I will say, I do not have TikTok. I'm very strongly <laughs> against TikTok. So I have not experienced that side of the film at all. So I can't relate.
0: Is that all? <laughs>
1: That's all. Well just you because cut like in to say I, you can't really <laughs> I, I cut in to say I can't relate because I feel like just based on the discussion that like do you think here's my question because you know, Kate and Monica you feel very strongly about the songs Mm-hmm. I don't know when you saw the film versus where you were exposed to it on TikTok, but do you think that has like made an impact for how much you enjoy them? Like, do you think without going essentially viral on TikTok, you would still love the songs or, or have or you know have them sort of stuck in your mind on an endless loop?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I actually also don't have TikTok. I know I'm. Oh, no <laughs> I'm nice. saying that, but I um, <laughs> I definitely. <laughs> Yeah, for me, I know with surface pressure, like, I remember viscerally sitting in the theater and just being completely wowed. Um, So I don't know, which was the same way I felt with Let It Go. That's the only other time I can pinpoint having that same feeling. Aww. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. And speaking of Let It Go, I want to call out the song Waiting on a Miracle, Because I feel like that was supposed to be the Let It Go, the like main character ballad, this is my hope and dream, and I thought it was the most forgettable song in the movie.
0: Yeah, I honestly forgot what song that was until you, like, it took me five seconds to be like, what song was that again? (laughs) Maybe we should drop the audio of it into the podcast because everyone else will forget.
2: I, in that way, I liked that we don't talk about Bruno was the one that became the most popular. Just to have something different, because after Frozen, it kind of felt like every Disney movie coming out had to have that song. You know, Moana had "How Far I'll Go," and it felt very, very similar. Um, still, an amazing song, but it it, it felt refreshing. I, in this I, movie,
0: I get. I know the theory is debunked, but I also do use TikTok a lot less, so I've seen the songs less, and I feel like. It just like, especially we don't talk about Bruno because the verses are so separatable. Separable. Separable. Thank you. (laughs) Um, To to creating different TikToks, you know, you can do Dolores' verse or you can do a certain verse and then do a different one in a different video. And it still feels like two separate works of art that you're putting up on your TikTok. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. My levels just got really low. Hello. Hello. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the movie was, the songs in the movie were written by our very favorite person, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, But he's been doing a lot lately. I mean, if we look back at just like what he has been involved in, he wrote the songs for this movie, Encanto. He wrote the songs for Vivo, which also came out, I believe this year. He was, he was, I mean, he was in, he, behind In the Heights that came out this year. He directed Tick, Tick, Boom that just came out on Netflix. He was in Mary Poppins Returns back in 2018. He's been in his in dark Moana. materials. He wrote all the songs from yeah. Moana. At what point are we going to get to a state of Lin-Manuel Miranda fatigue or have we already reached it? We, I think we're already there <laughs> because, well, people – it's now popular – To lovably hate on Lin-Manuel Miranda, I've noticed. (laughs) Um, Whereas, you know, when Hamilton was all the craze, there was just this, like, adoration of Lin. And now that he's been in so much, and also now that he's kind of, like, under Disney's wing, I noticed that people like to poke fun at him. No one's refuting that he's not a good songwriter. I think he's, like, brilliant at what he does. But, like the amount again i live on tiktok the amount of just tiktoks i've seen just roasting the shit out of him is like my favorite one is um everyone's saying that he definitely wrote bruno with himself as a self-cast in mind which he does in everything yeah yeah because he self-casts in like everything he does (laughs) literally everything and so when they didn't cast him as Bruno, I've seen TikToks of people being like, he was locked in Disney's closet, like banging on the door while they were recording Bruno's lines. That is so funny. <laughs> no, but I do agree. I'm just like so tired of seeing him. And I I, I personally did not watch Vivo, but I listened to uh, Pop Culture Happy Hour's review of Encanto, and they said that the music from Vivo sounded like basically the same as the music from Encanto. Like, uh. I just feel like it's... It's just getting, like, when Hamilton was out, when he was in Hamilton, and everyone wanted to see Hamilton, it was obviously a very rare thing, right? Because it was near impossible to get a ticket to see him. And now he's just everywhere, and I almost feel like he needs to go hide under a rock for two years so he becomes scarce again, and you want to see him again, you know what I mean? Because I'm sick of him. (laughs) And I think, too, like, I wonder how the theater community feels about him he's not a sellout but like he just is involved in so many hollywood projects now and like i'm like when is he ever gonna have the time to do like another musical um i wonder like i wonder if he's working anything but i mean i wouldn't be either if i had like <laughs> disney like paying like lining my wallets being like do another movie and you're like yeah sure but even how much value is disney now getting out of you know what i mean i'm like i don't think that he's even he doesn't even feel as expensive as he felt three years ago because he's so everywhere uh i feel like he's probably pretty expensive i mean
1: (laughs) yeah i'm sure he's still very much so in demand however to your point i think now it's which disney is sort of doing this with everything i feel like everything that goes well for them like look at star wars they're just like let's let's get as much star wars content out into the universe that we possibly can and i feel like while his hits may not be as big right as like hamilton was because of its exclusive its exclusivity now they're just going to churn out as much lin-manuel 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 Miranda yeah I feel like now they're gonna try and just churn out as much Lin-Manuel Miranda content as possible because even if it's not like a humongous hit it's still going to do well and I feel like that's gonna be really any yeah. studio that that goes after him to help produce or direct or write music for anything
2: yeah I'm
0: did you guys Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, I mean, I was just gonna say we can. I feel like we can throw shade at him or talk <laughs> about fatigue all we want, but at the end of the day, we just spent a long time talking about the songs, <laughs> yeah, it's which are driving, yeah. you know, the views on the movie, and it it's still working. At the end of the day, yeah. regardless uh, of anything, I else. do
0: think everything he touches does do well. Like. And then he made his, you know, directing debut on Tick, Tick, Boom. Tick, Tick, Boom did extremely well. Like, Andrew Garfield got a lot of praise for that. Like, I don't know. I think, yes, there's he's around so much. But I feel like the content he's creating, like, I do like. And I'm still a Lin fan. But I think, yeah, it's like he's in his reputation era right now where it's, like, kind of popular to hate on him right now. And I think it'll eventually go away. So would well, if- you do- – you got John. You got Mike. I
1: was. Do you think he's like the type of person that you either are absolutely like obsessed with him, or you you don't care for it at all, or or hate him? I'm I'm really in between. Like personally, like when the whole Hamilton hype train was going, I did not really care for it. Like I watched it, I thought it was good, and I was like, "Oh, interesting to see." Did you see it on why ever? No. How did you watch it? Oh, you mean I... you
0: listened to it?
1: No, I watched it when they. Oh, Disney, on Disney Plus. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and I was like, th- I was like, okay, They're like this is fine. This is this is good, but, uh, you know, I was not on board the Lin Manuel hype train.
0: Yeah. Okay, Michael. I was. I was well
1: aware <laughs> that you were. <laughs>
0: I knew I know that you know that. Anyone that knew me freshman year of college knew this. I listened to that soundtrack on Very Long Car Rides. And me and my mom paid an amount of money, I will not <laughs> disclose to you guys, <laughs> to see him on Broadway while he was still, well, it was still the original cast of Hamilton. So, I really like him. So, would you say yeah. if, uh, if a Lin-Manuel Miranda, like a movie that he was in was coming out, he was a core cast member and singing in it are you more likely to go see it equally likely to see it from other factors or honestly to me i might be less likely to go see it yeah. <laughs> i'm more likely i only saw mary poppins to go see linda manuel miranda you don't love emily blunt emily. i i listen i didn't care <laughs> about emily i saw it for Lin. i love emily blunt
1: <laughs> i would be less i think <laughs> monica
2: you know, I'm tempted to say neutral, but I still feel like I've never seen something with him that wasn't good. Mm. So I'm, I'm going to say great. Yeah, no. I, I, I think I'd be more likely to see something with him.
1: See, like, personally, I I wasn't, like, chomping at the bit to watch In the Heights because without even essentially knowing what the film was what the plot was any i i didn't know much about it but i feel like just knowing that lin manuel's name was on it y- you kind of get the gist of of what you're in store for i in feel like or at least yeah i mean that's that's the thought i had
0: my main thing is honestly when i see it it's always just fi- like i thought in the heights was fine I didn't watch His Dark Materials, but I've heard it's fine. And so if he keeps doing these things that are received as fine, it, it makes his currency go down because Hamilton was like solid gold. You can't see anything better than this, you know? But bringing
2: mm-hmm. it back to Encanto. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Better than fine.
0: Fiend. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. No, Encanto's great. great. <laughs> um, Mike, you okay. didn't review it on Letterboxd. How many stars would you give it?
1: I gave it three and a half. Oh, okay. I gave it three. Yeah. But, you know, interesting, you know, this discussion, like I said earlier, the reasons why I like the film, I think, are for reasons notwithstanding Lin-Manuel Miranda. I like the film for the story and the beautiful animation. The songs, I was like, okay, you know, because, you know, and that's what it was with me with like In the Heights, you know, characters breaking out into song and he has like that very particular style of songwriting where i feel like if you've heard it once you've heard it a million times because the the song's just gonna break down into some level of lyricism and fast sing rapping (laughs) i don't even know what you want to call it it's 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 his it's a very unique style um but to, for me, I don't know. It just doesn't do it. <sighs>
0: um, should, <laughs> the sigh. But I thought it
1: was better than fine. I thought the film was better than fine. Unlike Shruti. I listen.
0: I I like this movie more than Luca. I will say. Um, should be
1: How dare you?
0: <laughs> I I knew Mike was going to be was, offended.
1: Luca was. I'm sorry. Luca was so much better. One other
2: point on the Lynn fatigue train is that it is starting to feel like he's hired for every big Latinx musical project. Um, and what's interesting is when you look at the representation for this film, you know, what is the distribution between Colombian creatives versus, you know, like Lynn being Puerto Rican other you know members of the latinx community from other countries
1: yeah i mean i think right that's a very fair point um and it's probably it's i feel like it's a discussion to be had in in all aspects of of filmmaking right i don't think it's exclusive to disney but obviously given uh disney's past with with racial insensitivity mind you um that it's it's certainly something they have to do better on right and, and actually have the uh communities that they're portraying on film actually represented in real life um you know I, I i'm not here to say whether it's you know one way or another whether he should be writing the songs or not but i do think it is a it is a fair point and i don't know the Breakdown of the, the representation of the cast and crew. Um, I believe one of the directors is white, from what I recall. I think they're both white. They're both white.
0: They're the directors yeah, of Zootopia. I can, I can mm. say this with certainty, um, because this was something that, when I watched this movie with my boyfriend and his sister, um, his sister had done research and had found that no one on the creative team was actually Colombian. They had, like, cultural, like, consultants who were Colombian, but no one who did any of the writing or any of, like, the lead animation were actually Colombian. So it's kind of like, um, I can see why when you really pick apart, okay, who's making this movie, that could be quite upsetting because you're, like, you're going to set... This movie in a certain country, but not have anyone from that country who's actually, you know, who can actually create the movie. I mean, it's what Hollywood Um, loves to do. Like, all Latinx countries are the same. All Eastern Asian countries are the same. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, like they, when they cast Liu in Kim's convenience, he's not Korean, (laughs) you know, like. Yeah. um, And I, I, and it's. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's just upsetting because I was, I know I mentioned this before off the podcast, but it's like, And Mike was was like, no, but imagine, again, uh, you know, saying, oh, we need representation for Luca. Oh, let's just get another European who's not Italian. Let's get this Irish guy Mm -hmm. to, you know, or something like that. But, like, isn't it's it's like that's in our eyes. We're like, no, those are two completely different countries but then when it comes to like Latinx countries, you, people tend to just kind of lump them all together and go, yeah, Latinx. You know, It's just like, it's very sad to see that that's, even in a movie like this that I think was very groundbreaking, it's still a problem. And, and
1: I think that's, that's the point right there, Kate, is that I think it's fair to say that films like this are very much so a step in the right direction in terms of representing different cultures. And I see it on Twitter, right, where... People tell uh, personal stories of like a little kid who's watching the film and they're like, oh, that's me on screen. Right. Because it's like they're represented by these characters and, and connect with them and, and how important that is. Yeah. But I think at the same time, it's it's fair to say, right, there probably could be could be more to be done.
0: Yeah, it's great to see yourself on screen, but you want to. For lack of a better word, feel yourself on screen. You know, it should be mm-hmm. yeah. a culture and identity identity that you actually identify with instead of just, you know, just putting something it up that looks like you. So exciting though to see like there were some things in the movie that um even like my boyfriend and his sister being Ecuadorian, they still were like there were things that they freaked out at, where they're like, oh my gosh, like I remember that as a kid. Like just little like there were like certain hand gestures that the characters some of the characters did where they were like that's a very like la- like like south american thing there was you know obviously like food's featured where they were like oh my gosh we ate those as the kids um it was really exciting i you know the song that plays during the flashback when pedro like oh. sacrifices himself so at that does um, yeah. that's yeah that's actually a lullaby i didn't even know this that they used to sing to them as like as children and that's a really famous south american lullaby and they actually they actually thought it was kind of funny they were like this is such a weird place for this lullaby to be in this song about like the grandpa getting murdered well it's interesting because it's (laughs) like you have to separate and make your own life which makes kind of sense to put at that point in time because it's the grandpa it's about how the grandpa had to separate from the group but then the music plays again when they're coming together to build the house and i was like exactly this doesn't make you're not separating you're coming together i don't know yeah they just they just thought it was funny in the context of like this used to be sung to us when we went to sleep so imagine like that like scene but it's overlaid with like rocking my baby or something and you're like
2: what (laughs) But I but I think there's also something there. Um, forgive my pronunciation, but dos orguitas, uh means two caterpillars, right? So mm-hmm. you there's hear that. Yeah, and then we have yeah. the butterflies at the end, and I think that was a nice That's callback true. to pull the song was, back in.
0: It was very symbolic.
2: Yeah, but it is interesting, and I wanted to bring up that flashback scene in the conversation about representation because not only do we have you know this Colombian family at the center of the movie, but to have displaced people as well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, um, and to to do it in a way that is understandable for kids, and you know, I guess appropriate for a kids movie, but in a way that still feels very respectful to the severity of, you know, what these characters are going through. I think um, was done really, really well.
1: Mm-hmm. I can always hear him sort of muttering and mumbling. I associate him with the sound of falling sand
0: Okay, so one of the things I like most about this film is it's not super defined. There's a lot of unanswered questions, which leads to a lot of online fan theories. Um, TikTok is full of them. I consume them, like my life depends on it. <laughs> and I've written down some online theories and also some of my own theories from just thinking about this film. I'm just gonna go through them with you guys. I'm excited. And I love your rising. Let me know what you think. Yes. Um, okay. This is the really big one. Is is Pedro actually Casita reincarnated? I think so. When I first watched the movie, I fully thought that the Casita was the abuelo because if you see what happens when they show like the horrific death of this abuelo he's just like replaced by the candle and the encanto and then also throughout the film the casita like has obviously a motivation and everything that it does to like either get Mirabel and Antonio to go down to the ceremony or like you know I don't know act according to what abuela is telling them to do it's, it seems like he has the same motivation and soul of what the abuelo would want
2: so does he die again when the candle goes out, though? That, that was
1: going to be my it question. It, it's like, how many... When it waves how many goodbye.
0: Yeah. I mean, apparently three so far, because then he comes back to life again after. <laughs> Do you think that the casita and the house from up, Ellie, would be friends? <laughs> uh, I think they'd be really They're good friends. They're both the reincarnation of someone's love in the form of a living arrangement. <laughs> Damn, Disney is not original. <laughs> like they just did this twice. Both 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 of them worked though. I feel emotional about That's both true. houses.
2: <laughs> That's my one criticism I'll give Encanto. They could use more balloons.
0: <laughs> oh, true. Less flowers and more balloons. <laughs> yeah, someone tell Isabella. Um, so Julieta, the mother, can heal bodily harm or heal injuries with her cooking. And My question to you guys is, do you think that she can only heal, like, bodily injuries and not, like, genetic problems? Because if you've noticed, Mirabelle wears glasses. Oh, interesting. So, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you think that her cooking could um, heal her eyesight? (laughs) Or do you think it's only, like, oh, you got a scratch on your hand, let me give you I do think her healing has to have some extra added mental spiritual health ability because again the mental healthiness of Mirabelle with all she's gone through is so strong that I'm sure that her mom is helping her with therapeutic cooking. But she can't heal her her poor eyes She's icer. spending too much time making sure she's okay emotionally to be like I can you're gonna have to all keep right. the glasses, I'm sorry.
1: The the repas con queso are not a substitute for LASIK eye surgery. <laughs> Right. I, does, I think there has dad, to be limits. Doesn't the dad also wear glasses?
0: He does. You're right. Maybe so it's just. You,
1: maybe he maybe she got it from him and he's not magical. So <laughs> there's a limit. Be,
0: or or it could be that she can heal eye sight problems, but this is like something that he's always had as part of him. And then it was a trait that Mirabelle had that he saw in himself. So they're like, we're just going to both continue to not be True. able to see.
2: <laughs> she even or compliments the could, glasses. Oops, sorry.
0: Who, the mom Oh, does? no, you're good.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. At one point, she's like, you're strong and kind, and your glasses are so great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a really specific yeah. compliment. Yeah. To be like, your glasses are Kate, awesome. your glasses oh. are great. Me- <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. But I, I
2: think that was Disney wanting to avoid having like a, you're beautiful. Uh, uh, yeah. I think they were trying <laughs> to give a physical compliment without making some statement that her beauty is a, a reflection of her worth.
0: I love your blindness, my daughter. <laughs> she could heal her, um, but chooses not to because she likes the glasses. Yeah. She likes the glasses. Oh, that'd be diabolical.
1: Um, if okay, you could so... eat
0: something that would give you... And you wouldn't have to wear glasses anymore, would you... Oh,
1: 100%. Hell yeah. <laughs> 100%. I hate my glasses. <laughs> if I could... I
0: don't care if Wait, they so look do y'all you like... think you'll get LASIK one day? Sorry, we don't need to talk about this now.
1: <laughs> no, that that's, kind of scares of me. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs>
1: and it's also not like 100% effective so uh-huh. yeah it's yeah. not
0: permanent monica do you wear glasses too no uh-uh. i got lucky yeah I, my vision is perfect i'm perfect wow my hearing is not good though so i guess there's that <laughs> um okay this is less of a theory and more something i just wanted to point out which i thought wasn't discussed much in the movie but it's like really subtle and i liked it but so pepe's powers is controlling the weather and they say oh her you know her emotions control the weather so if she's happy it's rainbows and sunshine if she's upset it's raining and storming um but my theory i guess which i think is actually like proven in the movie is that i don't think her emotions actually control the weather i think The reason it storms and she's upset is because Abuela does not like when she makes it rain. And so she gets this in her head that she's not supposed to make it rain. And when she's upset now, it's like a trigger. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's kind of contributed into her head. Like, Abuela hates it. So if I'm upset, it's going to rain. Does that make sense? It's kind of like Like, the same thing that happened on her wedding day where he was like, calm down. And then she got upset and rained. Yeah, honestly, yes, her power is absolutely the worst. I would it's so much pressure. <laughs> oh, I hate like, it. Dolores you can just never is see. the worst because you hear everything. Yeah, yeah. Who would want to hear? She can't everything. get any sleep. To add on to her powers, to Pepe's powers, you'll see in the final song of um, the movie, she's really happy and she's dancing, and it's like hailing on her. So it shows that she's let go of like that. Oh, my emotions control the weather, and and like, like. Now that she's free to let it rain because Abuela won't yell at her anymore, she can like dance in the hail and she can be happy. I like that. I really. I, I liked I how know. the end uh, montage showed you know how each of them is now relaxing and becoming more in their own. Yeah, I will say it was a little on the nose when they were like, "Louisa, you're so strong," and she goes, "Yeah, but sometimes I cry."
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's perfect. Come on.
0: No, she is perfect. The line did not do her any justice. I blame the line. <laughs> um. Okay, this is my last one. Um, so, do you guys think that Mirabelle will now be the new matriarch of the family? Because now she's like Abuela, she has no powers. But she keeps the family together. So do you think Aww. she was, like, destined from the start to basically be the next generation's, like, matriarch? Ooh, interesting. That's lovely. And, like, every generation there'll be somebody that doesn't get a power and that's their job. Yes. The thing that I don't yes. like about that is determinism. And I don't like how, like, I, I love how Bruno's visions are, like, they're not fully spelled out. Spelled out. You're mm-hmm. willing to choose your own future. So I I wouldn't like that at eight years old, your destiny yeah. as matriarch is determined, you know? I mean, I would say, yeah, I don't think she knows that herself, probably. But it kind of, like, the similarities now with her and Abuela, I think, are, like, very strong. Like, oh, yeah, she – Abuela was once the glue that held the family together. She faltered. The magic was in danger. And then, like, a new matriarch kind of came to around to be, like, hey –
2: yeah. I mean, I think in Canto uh-huh. 2, we're going to skip 60 years. Mirabel's 75.
0: <laughs> yeah. She's grouchy. Yeah. New abuela. <laughs> in Encanto 2, though, are Dolores and that hot hunk married. Yes. With five kids, obviously. Yeah, Ooh. interesting. I don't think they ever make it to marriage. <laughs> it's a Whoa. Disney movie,
1: of course. I hate they do.
0: love. No, I don't hate love, but she doesn't want to marry. She's like, let's slow things down. And I think they'll have oh, a no, really she... great summer romance. And <laughs> listen, Dolores doesn't need to settle down. She can explore her options. That's just what I'm saying. Okay. Are those all the theories, Kate? Yes. Can I
2: we did. also give one mention for the fact that Dolores can hear Bruno the entire time? Yeah. Oh yes. my gosh. And but he's the- even he's in the background of we don't talk about Bruno. Yes, he is. You see him dancing to Dolores's verse. <laughs> and and she's say she's saying I can always hear him kind of mumbling and um totally missed it on the first watch, but Yeah. He's there. And then
0: I mean then she says, in the end, I knew he never left. I heard him every day. Mm-hmm. So, actually, this is another theory I didn't write down, but people have been kind of, like, low-key putting it on the internet. But, so she knew the whole time that, like, Bruno saw a vision of Mirabel. He ran away because of that. He didn't want – he wanted to protect Mirabelle. Her power is the most inconvenient, right? We just established that. Like, she can never turn her ears off. She hears everything. It must be mentally exhausting on her. So, would she have a motive of wanting to get rid of her powers somehow? Oh, interesting. And if, mm. the ma- if Bruno knew the magic was breaking and he left to protect Mirabelle, she kept all the secrets secret, maybe because she really wanted the magic to break. So that she could be free of her powers. So was she actually like the pseudo villain of the story? There was a villain after all. No, but I um I would hope then so like in this new Encanto world where like uh people oh, what's the Rain Thea's name? The Weather Thea. Peppa. What's the uh Peppa. Uh you know she can make it rain even when she's not sad. So in this new world, can Dolores turn off her hearing, you think? I don't I don't think so I don't think that's how it works. So I mean sad. I guess she could so I guess she could like,
1: plug her ears.
0: <laughs> but I plug my ears I still hear yeah, things. Yeah, but
1: but <laughs> maybe she won't hear maybe she won't hear things from like a mile away. Maybe maybe if she plugs <laughs> her ears it'll just sound normal.
0: Um I've seen theories that cuz since we don't get to see all of the people's rooms in this some some people have said that her room is probably soundproofs and it's the only place she can Oh, um, that's not sad. hear anything. I love that. I love yeah, so that. it's it's really Dolores is a really interesting character because she either knew well she knew about Bruno and didn't say anything intentionally or she knew about Bruno and she was too unbothered to care. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, eh, it's She's fine. like whatever. I do think I think the Bruno thing is like incredibly sad if you think about it, like the him eating dinner <sighs> every night, like it's hauntingly sad to think about and. I don't know, maybe if Abuela was just a little nicer, he wouldn't have felt like he had to go. That's all I'm saying. I
2: cried during that scene. I laughed hysterically during that scene. Everything with that introductory Bruno section I thought was
0: brilliant. Uh, the nomination for the next Academy Awards will begin on uh, Thursday, January 27th. So maybe the day this podcast comes out. Um, that's just the beginning of voting for nominations. So it's not like this podcast will come out and we'll know which animated feature films are nominated for the Oscars this year. However, we can pretty much deduce, I think, uh, the most likely movies to get nominated are this movie, Disney's Encanto, Pixar's Luca, Netflix' The Mitchells vs. The Machines, Ryan the Last Dragon, which is also Disney, and then Flea, which is an animated documentary Uh, international feature which is very good I highly recommend it but definitely not a good time like Encanto it's a strong
2: (laughs) year it's a really strong year this year who do y'all think is
0: favored Encanto Uh, I'm between Luca and Encanto I I think Encanto might beat out Luca
1: yeah I mean maybe just because of like all the pop culture hype and, and also because of the time of year that it came out maybe give a leg up to Encanto but I feel like at the same time normally you have to give the the nod to a Pixar film just because of how great their track record is which
0: yeah but do you think sometimes their track record hurts them like people want to vote for I mean an I certainly
1: do. The, like every year I want Pixar to lose and this is the one year I want them to win and they probably <laughs> and they probably won't. Like last well, year it's
0: cuz they well, cater to the Italian. Yeah, precisely. so do you think do you think Luca should win the Oscar? Yes. Uh, that's interesting. I think Mitchell's versus Machines I, should win the Oscar. I don't think it will win. So, I think it has a decent chance, my-
2: though. With with Disney Pixar fatigue, if there's three Disney Pixar movies yeah. nominated, that could be helpful. For- that's true. They could cannibalize so
1: each other. I thought last year Wolf Walkers should have won. Um, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. very upset about that. Objectively speaking, I agree with you. I think Mitchell's and the Machines should win, but. I will be rooting hard for Luca.
0: I think the timing for Encanto is really working out for it, that, like, it's all over the place right now, and voting begins probably the day this podcast comes out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You in the future, listener, what are people excited about right now? <laughs> and, of course, it was nominated, or was
2: nominated as if it already happened, but um, they submitted Dos Orguitas for the song nomination.
0: Oh, is that the only song they submitted? Yes.
2: So they did not actually submit. Wow. We don't talk about Bruno or surface pressure for the song.
0: If you're going to not, but the, those aren't the Oscar songs. You know what I mean? Like I get why that's the Oscars. It's like the same reason Remember Me from Coco was submitted. And uh, what was the La La Land song? I really didn't like it. City, oh. of City of Stars. Yeah. And I think the audition song also got nominated that year. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I do see surface pressure as like an Oscar song, but maybe yeah. I just like it so much. It would be a lot of fun like if every song is that same vibe then at the Oscars when they do the songs, it's less fun. Whereas if you have something like uh what was that? Everything is awesome movie song. <laughs> oh, God. Like that made you it's fun to diversify the songs that are nominated because you can get like your everything is awesome and then you can get your like
2: you yeah know, they do these. tend to always be very very similar songs the like super emotional power ballad shallow
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah
2: <laughs> yes but we'll still be rooting for it
0: yes i'll be rooting for Mitchells versus the oh. <laughs> oh wait sorry we we're talking about song okay i'll i'll <laughs> up this episode of chaos on the set thank you so much for tuning in please feel free to check us out on twitter and instagram at chaos on the set let us know do you think Enganto should get that best animated feature win should it get the best original song win tweet at us and let us know um you can also tweet at me Specifically, if you would like, my Twitter is at Mike and I also have a Letterbox, which is at Truthy. You can
1: follow me on letterboxed at Mike or no at M Riccardi. <laughs> you can't follow no,
0: me on can't. Twitter. Um. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Kate underscore Wyatt. I have a letterbox, but Michael said he would drive down to New York City and hurl me <laughs> into the Hudson if I released my letterbox, so I can't. I'm sorry, right, guys. Kate, you should have kept that one for when we do National Treasure too. I know, the but, the but I, I love, I love oh, that there's man.
1: a new one every week. This is great.
0: Uh, Monica thank you so much for joining us I know you don't really have social media but is there any piece of other media that you've been watching that you want to plug you want other people to check out before we wrap up I don't know just thought of that question didn't mean to put you on the spot (laughs) Jesus Mm -hmm. okay yes
2: completely furthest away from Encanto as possible. But if you haven't seen Pig starring Nicolas Cage.
0: I thought you were gonna say Pig. <laughs> best
2: movie of twenty twenty one, go watch it. It's on Hulu, I believe. Amazing. They're that Hulu, that yes. is my real dream for Oscar nominations.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well watch Pig, rewatch Encanto, and again let us know what you think about all of this. Our Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd is at Chaos on the Set.